0: Please join me for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the best story in the whole Bible right there. We've sung it and Rachel read it. It's the best story in the whole Bible. The most believable, the most warm, the most heartfelt. It's just absolutely, I think, my favorite story in the whole Bible. Because it's about guys. Guys who are struggling. Guys who are wondering. Guys who are trying to figure it out. And and they huddled uh, for months and maybe even two or three years with great expectation that Jesus would be the man. And then he dies. And then they gather in fear like young men do. Young men tend to be nervous and pensive and fearful. It's us old guys who kind of steady the young guys. We temper their exuberance and we strengthen their weak, weak knees and feeble arms. So Jesus pops in. In the middle of that fear, the middle of a little room with young men trying to figure out what they would do. Gathered together for fear of the Jews, John writes. They were, of all things, afraid. Maybe afraid that Jesus had risen from the dead, and that they had run and not believed. Maybe a a little nervous and a little fearful that when Jesus had said a couple nights earlier, when I'm lifted up, you guys are going to scatter. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to be here. And no, 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 Jesus was right. They were gone. Adios, amigo. Or maybe they, were, maybe they were nervous that Jesus was still dead and the shield, the wall that had been between them and the authorities was gone. And now they'd, they'd get it, just like Jesus got it Friday night. The, 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 the temple police would come, the Romans would come. They'd come and take him away, and they would just be scattered and done away with or maybe even crucified and killed. Whatever it was, there was plenty of fear to go around. Lots of fear. Fear of this, fear of that. And like young men, then they take a defensive position. Being afraid stinks. Being afraid is not of God. 365 times in the Bible, plus one, the Bible says, do not be afraid. And I don't think that's a coincidence with the number of days in the year. Being afraid stinks. I don't like to be afraid. I don't like to feel that fear coming up my back. little voice that says, well, what if this and what if that? and How's this going to work? And have you got this figured out? And boy, if this comes down this way, you're really in deep weeds. And if you're in deep weeds, then how are you going to get out? And you know how that little internal conversation goes with fear. And then once we're afraid, and I don't mean afraid like riding in the doom buggy in the haunted mansion, I mean like wrenching afraid, like locked in a room afraid. In fear we take a defensive posture, well we'll just wait and see how it goes. I'm afraid so I'm not going to move. I'm just gonna sit here and i'll see what happens and maybe it'll blow over and maybe it won't and maybe what that's the disciples were trying to do is kind of hunker down and reevaluate and retrench and see how the whole thing with jesus was going to work out but there was no way they were going to go out in the temple and say jesus is risen he is risen indeed they took a defensive position like we do when we're afraid hoping we don't get our nose swatted or our rear end kicked or any one of a 100 things that come when you're in a defensive position. And with the defensive position comes risk-averse behavior. Why try something different? Why, why try to break out of the mold? You're afraid. If you sit still, nothing will happen. If, if you just kind of pull in and, and draw in, everything will be fine. You don't give your enemy a bigger target. You just kind of stop, pull in, and hope that the fear goes away. Wow. You ever had that? If you had a boss that chewed on your body parts, you know what I'm talking about. You got your performance evaluation, and your first response was, well, if I just chill out, probably I won't get reamed out anymore. And we become defensive. A little movement here and a little movement there, kind of trying to figure out how it's going to work until finally someone breaks the ice. Something happens, someone comes into a situation and the fear breaks and, and then it's go baby go, off, off to the races. Organizations take defensive positions. Churches take defensive. Churches are great at taking defensive positions. Well, our neighborhood is transitioning. It's not just white German farmers anymore. I'm not sure what we should do here but maybe we should build a bigger fence and put some razor wire on top. We'll lock down our campus and not let anybody else use it. We'll take a defensive position. And then the last Lutheran who's in the last church in the last part of the city can lock the door, sell the property, and give the property to the Pacific Southwest District. That's that's how it works. Then the people become risk-averse in the church. We won't try this and we won't try that. We won't get after this we won't get after that. This costs money. This don't cost money. People won't like this. People won't like that. So now what do we do? Well, we're, we're afraid. And so we're defending what we had. And in defending what we had, we don't want to take any chances. The disciples gather together for fear of the Jews. Boys, young men, talking and gathering about what their future will be and what it will be like and where they will go. And maybe they can go back to fishing and maybe they can't. Maybe they've had enough fishing and where and what and how. And And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up in a little like front room of an apartment in like a little bedroom. Jesus shows up. As the Father is sending me, so am I sending you, he says before Thomas is there. First words out of his mouth are words of motion and movement, of ministry, of of servanthood into the world. We're not going to sit and be defensive. We're going to get up and get out of it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Peter, James, John, Andrew, you nervous young men, let's rise up and go. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. And Thomas wasn't there. Thomas didn't hear that. So Christ comes back in their midst again and the first words out of his mouth are, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He didn't come with fire in his eyes and anger in his voice. He didn't come to set things right from Friday night and say, all you turkeys blew out of here. Mark, you left naked in the garden. What an idiot. Rather, Jesus goes, peace be with you. No judgment. Filled with the intimacy of hearts and lives and breath and touching People interacting in a marvelous way, making sure that Jesus was alive and that in being alive, the same love that he had for them before Friday was the same love that he had for them this day. Peace be with you. Into those moments of fear in our lives, into those seasons of fear, In our life, into those relationships that cause us fear and wear us out, Jesus blows through the wall of that fear, through the brick and through the drywall, through the framing, down the roof, in the chimney. Jesus blows in. And he says to you and me, hunkered down in defensive positions, in risk averse behavior, he says, Peace be with you. You know, when you've won, you don't have to put it in somebody else's face and say, hey, I won. Jesus just shows up and says, hand, side, feet, I won. He comes to the middle of those disciples as surely as he comes into the middle of the fearful posture in your life. For those of us who are afraid of God's punishment, and he comes and he points with that pierced hand back to the cross and says, no, no, I took care of that with this wound. I am close to you and I forgive you. Your behavior doesn't create angst for me, Jesus says. I come to bring peace with God through my wounds. And in the darkness of that room, the light of Christ shines The light of Christ that covers the shame of the men, covers the shame of our lives with where we've been and what we've done and those things we'd like to hide and do away with. The light of Christ shines on it. And instead of going, shame, 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 Jesus says, peace I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And he blesses them, he touches them. They touch him then he singles Thomas out which I just love Thomas come here put your hand in my hand put your hand he said put your hand in my side stop doubting big guy and believe believe that I am who I said I am and that I did what I said I was gonna do Always a room for a doubter, for the risen Christ takes doubt away. For Thomas, it was beholding the wounds. For us, it's receiving Jesus in faith and receiving the blessing that comes from that. He coming into our fearful moments and bringing peace. The peace of his presence that encourages movement in life, movement forward movement out movement in ministry moving out of the little cramped room of fear faith moves to action and a rising up and each one of those men including Thomas rose up and moved out and brought the gospel of Jesus with them wherever they went Thomas as legend would have it bringing the love of Christ and the resurrection to the people of India, and then they're giving his life, having been sent up a tree, falling out of the tree, and then being pierced with a spear as indeed his Savior was as well. One more piece to this text, and I'd ask you to turn in your bulletin and read with me that last paragraph of John chapter 20. Beginning at verse 30, with Jesus performed. Beautiful peace there, isn't it? Thomas says, My Lord and my God. Pastor Trevor could tell you in Greek, that is mu kuriu mu Theu. My Lord and my God. And then Jesus says those marvelous words, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And then verse 30, in your fearful times, where do you put your feet? Where do you put your heart? Where do you find the peace of Christ? And an offer that John knew very, very well and wrote for us right here. Jesus performed, let's read together, is that okay? Okay, let's read together through the end of the chapter, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In the big wide world today, That assertion of John is being challenged. Upon what do you base your life? When you're afraid, what do you stand upon? And the world would say, well, your own individuality and your own choice. Or the world would say, you stand like a man, you stand on your own, with your own power to enact and do your own future. John would say, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you would have life in his name. If you've been to worship faithfully over Lent, you know that we've gone basically through the book of John. And it's like a chancel drama every week. How can you fail? People say, oh, pastor, your sermon, wow, it's just great. I'm like, well, not really. John wrote it. I just kind of showed up and read through it. It Again, It's easy. easiest sermons you've ever written are on these ones. Jesus with Nicodemus. And a man struggling with, who am I, has an encounter with Jesus and everything changes. Jesus goes to a well in Sychar and, 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 and he talks to a woman whose life has been really a struggle. And, 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 and as a Jewish man reaches out to her in a way that's not lurid and gross, but it is warm and inclusive and, and a man born blind. And the story of the Good Shepherd. And the death and resurrection of Lazarus. And Jesus with Thomas. And the next chapter, Jesus with Peter. All of these are written so that in our station of life, in our season of life, where, wherever we are, whatever we're afraid of in that moment, Jesus has something to say about it. These are the signs that He is the Christ, the Son of God. These are the signs delivered in the authority of His Word that provide a stable foundation for everything we do and everything we are so that Jesus brings not death and fear, but brings life by believing in Him. A life that's filled with richness and fulfillment and peace peace and these signs these pieces prove that he is who he said he is and that our lives are lived under the peace of Christ these are written that you may believe because Peter Andrew James John and Thomas that day were blessed And yet, Jesus looks at them and says, of us, blessed are they who have not seen and yet believe. That's us, and that's Christ's promise for us. Fear is done away with, and the peace of Christ remains.